Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Dana Trampas. On this show, we're all about amplifying the voices of women and storytellers who are making waves. And speaking of incredible work, I'd like to give today's guest an opportunity to introduce herself. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? You bet. My name is Bree Laughlin, and I'm CEO and founder of Nurse Disruptors. So Nurse Disruptors, that's a very intriguing concept idea. Can you explain a little bit what that means and how are nurses like you driving change within healthcare? I like all of this. We are nurse disrupted. And there's two reasons why I love our name. One is that nurses are the most trusted profession in the United States. And our company is nurse founded, nurse led, and nurse forward. We are creating the future of nursing in collaboration with and as nurses. When I talk about disrupted, it is the promise that we are not going to do more of the same thing. Everyone is striving towards disruptive technologies. And when we say a disruptor or disruptive technologies, what it is is absolutely changing the way that we do things. A really great example is the personal computer. When we were able to buy personal computers off the shelf, it changed the way we did things or the immersion of the, the internet, right? And, and email, the way that we communicated. Of course, the smartphone is a fantastic example of the way technology fully disrupted the way that we did things. And so for us, being a virtual nursing company, a software company that focuses on software solutions for telehealth that supports virtual nursing workflows, we are transforming nursing care. And we're creating a today that is very different than the nursing care delivery models of yesterday, a total disruption of the way nursing care is done. A very badly needed one. Can we talk a little bit about what your solution does and how in some ways it helps to go to those hard to reach places? I know sometimes you do some work in shelters, some rural locations, but can you give us some examples how it has improved access to healthcare and outcomes? Yeah, and you allude to our origin story. So things to know about me, you probably gathered I'm a nurse. I've been in nursing for over 20 years. I became a tech nerd nurse, I would say around 2006 or seven. I was recruited to a software company in Seattle and then developed my career in the software and consulting space and then came back to healthcare where 
never the two worlds would divide again. It was tech nerdery and healthcare once I joined Center Health in Northern California. I was asked to join Epic in 2012, where I was on the clinical informatics team. That meant that I got to be a product manager as well as work with health systems globally on their health IT strategies. So I was having a great time working for a big global software company when the pandemic hit. Pandemic changed all of our lives. For me, we were working with a homeless shelter in Madison, Wisconsin. We're based in Madison, Wisconsin. They had poor access to healthcare in the best of times. And when the pandemic hit, they were shut off. So in working with the executive director, there are a few design principles that I've lived by in my nurse tech nerdery career. And it has to do with the simplification of technology. The technology so vital and simple that it melts away so that it is truly the people and the care that needs to happen that that is left standing. And this simple principle, as I was talking to Carla, Carla Tennis, who's this incredible mind and executive director of uh, Porchlight Adult Male Shelter, was how are we going to increase access to care in a homeless shelter? The resources we had was a, a utility trailer outside of the shelter, which was a church at the time. They had to move four times since then. But it was this utility trailer that we could plug into a lamppost. And it was a volunteer rotating staff and, and no budget. <laughs> it was a two-string budget. And we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And my nursing mind with my design mind was like, we're going to do telehealth. How are we going to do it under these circumstances? I knew it had to be crazy simple if we were going to make this work. The original design of the telehealth system, we had four buttons. And I thought we couldn't possibly get simpler than that. But it was only when we reduced it down to a single touch, one touch for a telehealth kiosk for somebody who needed care to be able to make a video connection with a nurse that it really began taking off. So the original nurse disrupted solution looked something like this. We had people that were in line outside of a homeless shelter and they needed to get at first COVID-19 screening in order to enter the shelter. They would approach a nurse disrupted kiosk and with a single touch make a video call to, at first it was nursing students. So in Wisconsin, just like I'm sure everywhere else around the United States, when the pandemic happened, nursing practicum sites for students wound up being shut down because they were reducing the amount of contact that patients had with people. And so we were able to work with, in the end, nine schools of nursing. And the nurses were able to do their clinical practicum hours from home through the nurse disrupted provider web app. They would receive these video calls from patients in homeless shelters, provide the COVID-19 screening. And that's how it started, a simple touch from the patient who is at a homeless shelter. Same thing for the nurses. These were students. We had to figure out how to make it really simple for them to take the phone calls where they didn't need a, a lot of training. And so we kept that simple design principle where the training really took 15 minutes. And a lot of that training had to do with telehealth etiquette looking into the camera, engaging compassionately with your patient, splitting your screen so that it looked like as you were documenting that, that you're engaging with the patient. But our software solution itself was simple and intuitive. And in the end, we wound up helping 400 nursing students gain their practicum hours, serving over 42,000 encounters of people experiencing homelessness and, and receiving that clinical care from nurses. That was long. Dana, was that, I'm sure that was more, you're like, okay, that was more than, but that's our origin story. Now we're taking that principle into hospitals and we're working with care delivery transformation and nursing to help address the nursing staffing crisis and acute care. All of that is amazing. You talked a lot about the simplicity of the design. And I think that we should talk a little bit about 
when we design solutions, ensuring that all of the humans and the users that are involved in the creation of that. A lot of what you just said, the simplicity of it, the simplicity of it. So let's talk about that. How do we ensure that both patients and the healthcare providers using it have that ease of using it? And what impact does that simplicity have on the adoption of technology? I know you you said quite a lot that you're a tech nerd. Let's talk about that a little bit when we're designing solutions like this. Like, how important is that? And how do you make sure that in the adoption that you're thinking about these things? There's a lot in that. I, I think I'd break down your question into three parts. And, and one of them is simplistic design methodology. The second is the way the humans use the technology you design, <laughs> which is a fun topic. And yes. the third one is the tech nerdery piece. Let's, we'll get to that. Let's start with the design methodology. So, we really here at Nurse Disrupted, we want to change the way people design. Any hack can add buttons if they think of things where let's add a button here, add a button here. You can be an entry-level developer and stick a bunch of buttons on a solution, but you have to be a strategic thinker to say, do we have the critical path so that we're creating an experience again where the, the technology isn't the protagonist? The humans have to be the center of the story. They have to be the protagonist of the story, not the technology. And so when you put your ego outside of the door in designing these solutions, then you need to think of the human computer interface and the simplest solution that you create. That also means a design methodology that includes subtraction, which is really tough because people fight really hard to get their ideas into a piece of software. And then when you have a methodology of subtraction saying, okay, are these truly needed? And Nurse Disrupted, we say we need to design like oxygen, that it is vital and invisible software design. But it is a different mindset of saying, okay, I want to get my piece of the project in there. I want to get my piece of the project in there. We're always looking and saying, if you're going to put something on there, one, is it critical? Is it absolutely critical? And two, is there anything that's a little bit more antiquated that can be removed so that we keep that simplicity? The second thing is getting at the elbow and seeing the way people actually use the technology. In my career, my my pre-nurse disruptive career as well, it was so important to get at the elbow of nurses. I would show up on site, people would be like, Brie, we're so excited. Our our IT team deployed this product. And I'd be like, great, let's go see it in action. And I would go, and there's one of my favorite stories where the IT team was so proud. And I got to the unit and I'm like, okay, where is it? And the nurses were like, oh, it's back here and they brought me into a storage room and in a drawer was the product that the ID team was so excited about. It was just to the side. And I'm like, what happened? And they're like, there's three devices. One of them was actually provisioned for what we needed it to do. The other two weren't and they never knew which one could. So they would try, they would log into one device and, and that wasn't the right one. And it's, it just took us so much. It, the complexity wasn't worth the win that they would have gotten by finally figuring it out. Another design story was I visited, I did a site visit, and the IT team said the nurses just won't use the barcode scanner. They refused to use the barcode scanner for this is breast milk barcode scanning. I'm like, let's get in there and let's see it. What had happened was the refrigerator with breast milk was on one side of the room, and the barcode scanner they had put in there was tethered, and it was on the opposite side of the room. So you actually couldn't get the breast milk and the barcode scanner together. And it was like that, right? Seeing it in action, you designed all the things where it's like, all right, you have this, we've made it simple for you, but just seeing that physically what the design wasn't possible in the end was so very important. And so being on site, both at our, our shelters 
listening to the people using Mm. the technology in our acute care space. The nurses very much own the programs, the virtual nursing programs. And we have to retrain the nurses to another site visit I went on. And I, I think this is very much the nursing mindset. I went to a hospital unit and they had a piece of technology that was this on this huge monitor and it was this complex, basically what a, a whiteboard. For those of you who are nurses, there's a, a big traditionally dry erase board where you have your nursing assignments, your patient assignments, and the flow of work of the day. And it was digitized. But when I went and looked, there was the big expensive digitized version. And then they still had the dry erase board on the right hand side. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, the digitized P solution didn't have what they needed. And I'm like, why didn't anyone say anything? This can be corrected. And they said, we are not complainers. We are no complainers. And I have to change that mindset with our, especially acute care nurses, where I'm saying we are designing together and I want your ideas. It has to be your ideas and the way that you hear things, that it's valuable and that we will turn your ideas into practice because you know better than anyone else what it takes to actually technology should make your day easier. It should not be an ad. And so we have to change the nursing mindset in our software design and really get the message out there with our marketing materials saying, you're not a complainer. You are our partner in designing technology that really elevates your practice. And um, it's something we have to work on. Maybe some days we'll teach our nurses this in school that giving feedback on their tools and technology is not complaining. You do not need to have 100 workarounds in a shift like that, that you need to figure out how to get your voice heard so that they are the designers of the technology that they're using. And speaking of turning ideas into practice, can you share if you have any upcoming initiatives or projects that Nurse Disrupted is working on to further your mission? Anything that you're working on at the moment? We're working on the nursing staffing crisis as it is. It's a crisis. There was a recent report in Becker's that came out where 85% of bedside nurses reported intending to leave the bedside in the next year. We thought it was bad when it was 30%. We thought it couldn't get worse at 50%. Now, with that statistic, no hospital will weather this storm if they keep doing more of the same team, more of the same thing. Nurses are striking, fighting for safe working conditions. And you talked about, for instance, the Kaiser strike. California is the state where nurses have the top wages. It is not about money. When we look at the surveys, nurses are asking for three things. Money's good. We need to pay people. <laughs> but it's not all about money. Yes. But nurses are asking for three things. When millions of dollars were poured into surveying nurses across the United States on what it would take to keep us at the bedside, three things come out, no matter which survey you look to, McKinsey, the American Nurses Association. Number one is a safe workload. They want their patients to be safe. They want to be safe. And when there is more work than what a nurse can do, more medications to be passed, more wound changes than what they can actually physically do, more IV changes than they actually can physically do, nobody is safe. And they're just saying, come on, a safe workload. The second is flexible schedules. The ability to think outside of the 12, right? The 8, 10, 12, the FTE. And the third one is an innovative career path. We are scientists and innovators. The history of our career at nurses is baked into people creating, for instance, Mary Seacole creating the British Hotel in the Crimean War, or William Wald creating public health care with a house on Henry Street. Clara Barton is the, the founder of the American Red Cross and think what you want to Planned Parenthood. That was Margaret Singer, a controversial figure. But nurses historically, our profession has been that of innovation. It is what we strive for and 
when we're going into our bedside jobs and, and literally just hustling to like push pills and change bandages, we don't have that ability to create excellence in our profession and innovative career paths. So with our virtual nursing solution, we're just trying to get and pair with as many hospital systems as possible and show that total transformation can create a better today. Not tomorrow. We don't have time. We don't have time tomorrow. We're, we're trying to create as quickly as possible a better today. And so we're all hands on deck on this. We do have to have the future distant vision of a wired hospital and the cool, like far reaching technologies. But we're very focused on the moment because I'm worried. I'm worried that if we don't change now, that there's not too many nurses are going to leave and that can happen. That can happen. So yeah, we are all hands on deck here, just getting live with hospitals, showing that if you give your nurses the opportunity to work a few four-hour shifts from home, that they're recharged for their bedside shift, that the technology can work, the care delivery model is accepted. We're talking about patients receiving video visits from a nurse who's working from home while the patient is in the hospital. Patients are really loving that experience and nurses are working additional shifts because they have that ability to work short shifts from home doing something innovative in the profession that they spent so much time developing. Nurses have an eye into a lot of things in healthcare. And I think anybody that is looking to innovate for healthcare, you have to have a nurse there. Like you just have to, like you have to have them there in, in the process from the beginning. And we see nurses across the ecosystem that have left the bedside to go on to do things that maybe aren't at the bedside, but are contributing significantly to healthcare. I've seen nurses that have gone on to go into digital health. I've seen nurses go on to become lawyers too, that are still making an impact in healthcare. So I want to ask you, as you're both in nursing and health tech, what advice do you have for others that want to innovate and disrupt in healthcare? What kind of advice would you have to them? Nurses are the best yeah. to innovate and create ideas. And I think that when we go through our traditional nursing programs, which all, all of our programs are traditional nursing programs, we learn nursing methodology. But what nurses aren't understanding is actually they're learning really good critical thinking, project management, and quick evaluation skills that transfer to multiple industries. I think project management is a really good example. As a nurse, you walk into a room, we're taught to sweep the room with our eyes to look at what's happening. And you think of in terms of a code, for instance, you're looking across the room, you're quickly making decisions of what needs to happen, your ABCs, team coordination, communication, getting everyone under really stressful situations to move in a coordinated way in delivering evidence-based care to someone whose life is literally depending that team coordination. Nurses lead these codes. The way that they can critically think and move these teams through is something that you can transfer to any industry and that is really unique in the way that we're able to or that we're trained to and our training in, in working through so many tasks and, and prioritizing those tasks and being able to do that under extreme stress and duress. Nurses innovate constantly. And I think it needs to be a strong message that when nurses have an idea, they need to think about how to get that into reality. And I think that we have more resources now than ever. And I always point people to Johnson & Johnson. They have nurse hackathons. It can teach you how to take your idea, develop it with a group, 
get it across the finish line. J&J also has quick fire challenges. So if you have an idea, it doesn't have to be in motion yet. If you have an idea, Johnson has these quick fires. Submit, put your card in the hat, put your idea in the hat. There's grant money available. They will support you. That nursing innovation arm is awesome. American Nurses Association also has the hackathons. Sanciel also has these hackathons. So you have these seed groups that can help you with your transformative ideas and developing those into business ideas, but also thinking or understanding how translatable and valuable the skills are that we learn as in the hospital and and providing patient care, that the real world really is your oyster when you understand how well those skills translate into other areas of of business. You hit it on the uh, hit it on the head. I think that we are going to send out some inspiration out there. We need more nurses to help innovate, to help us solve these healthcare problems. If somebody wanted to learn more about Nurse Disrupted, how could they find out more or on social media? You would go to nursedisrupted.com for sure. That's a, a great space to learn. I think a fun thing too is Googling Nurse Disrupted and the Today Show. If you want to see what we are continuing to do in shelters, the NBC team did a, a better job demoing than <laughs> I probably could. But the website, LinkedIn, we're on all the social media outlets. We have at Nurse Disrupted there. And also, if any nurses are going to be at Magnet next week in Chicago, stop by our booth. We're going to be there talking about all of these cool things. And, and we'd love to see you. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you directly, are you on social media? I am. So most visibly on LinkedIn. Acha. Thank you, Brie, for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our conversation, make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media. We want to keep you in the loop and make sure you never miss the incredible guests and all the women and storytellers who are making moves that matter. Thank you for joining us today from Hit Like a Girl podcast. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle Hit Like a Girl Pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.